747 free. That's 1 800 747 3733. Now return to Tampa Bay's number one morning show, The Mike Calter Show. It's Mike Calter Show. It's 1025 The Bone. 727-579-1025 or 800-771-1025. Let me tell you about stupid Facebook. Facebook is a lot like crack, man. It really was like a crack dealer. They gave it to you. They let you love it. And then they got really big. And then they started controlling everything. Yeah, no, come, share, grow your network, be your friend. Oh, what's that? Your friends want to talk about guns? We're going to shut you down. That's what they did to Shark Coast Tactical. They shut them down. So they couldn't do live videos. Not talking about shooting people or animals or anything. Just just sales that they're having and home protection and things along those lines. And they got shut down. So that's why I'm here to tell you that on Saturday, it's SIG Day at Shark Coast Tactical on Bee Ridge Road in Sarasota. I will be out there. Spanish will be working there. Yes. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm I don't know what excited. skill. You don't even have any skills here. I think uh, Will said he's, he, well, he won't let me use the laser, so maybe he'll let me build guns in the back. You just stand next to Omar oh, and whatever okay. Omar tells you to do. <laughs> yeah, you like just, I want to buy a gun that you build. Yeah, I'll, I'll build your bullets and your gun for you. I was going to say, they'll make their own bullets, and then they just hand it to you, and you bite it. Go. <laughs> it's a good one. I, I would love to do that. <laughs> Nothing like doing a commercial for a gun shop while this guy's singing to his sweet lord. Yeah. Mm. The reps from SIG will be on site, and if you are looking for an upgraded concealed carry right out of the the case, they got the Shark Coast TAC Pack. You get the SIG P365, comes with uh, an optic, comes with two magazines, a holster. You get it all uh, in one package right there, and they'll have them on sale and uh, plenty of them on Saturday. Plus, the SIG reps will be on hand if you have any questions. And, of course, if you're looking for something else, they've got a whole store full of stuff. And they do the laser stippling. They make the custom holsters for you. Uh, that is SharkCoastTactical.com. You can find them online. You can become a Shark Club member. And you could join us this Saturday as we will be out there on Bee Ridge Road in Sarasota. Uh, I will, they always have good food. They better have good food on this one. Uh, we'll see you out there. Uh, what time do you think, Spanish? We're getting up early, going there like uh, like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, right get then, up I'll nice be, early. then I'll be there at noon. Okay. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll have a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I always uh, end up going there with no intention of buying everything. Yeah. I'm- and then leaving. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to put their uh, okay. private information out there. But I have uh, been in there a couple of times where members of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving all the way from New Tampa and the likes of uh, the Lutz area to go all the way to Shark Coast Tactical like I do because you get great deals and those guys that work there are really there to help you out. So um, join your Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, at Shark Coast Tactical where we shop and where they have the finest uh, workers, including Spanish yeah. on Saturday. Get a sidearm. Yeah. You get a sidearm. Love sidearms. Side yeah. Walk down the street, look like wired up if you want. <laughs> Whatever you want. That's the one thing I don't have in my uh, arsenal of things that I don't need is one of those long Western guns. Yeah, you need like a Lincoln Western or something yeah, like that? I, yeah. don't, I don't need that. Six-shooter, yeah. I don't, I don't need that at all. But um, All right, Carmen. Yes. The bone bonus keyword yes. is coming up at 8 o'clock. Yes. I don't need to know what that is, right? Galvin, you know what it is? I do. All right, we'll let you you say it. Is that fine? Not we'll now. just say it. What, what, instead, of it, it. instead of playing it, we're just going to say it? He, yeah, he can't. 
play it. Fine. He can, I can't play it or he can't play no, it? You, you can play can't. It. Okay. Why can't he? Oh. Because he's not logged on to Adobe like what happened to you. Like you would think Spanish would get here early and get oh. it all taken Yeah, care well, of. I can play it if you need me to play That's it. Or we can we can just say it if we yeah. want to, however you want to do it. Like, we'll sing it. Yeah, maybe we could sing it if you want okay. to. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can do all that. Okay. I do. That's what I do. Yeah, perfect. That's not. That's me. I just record. Oh, yeah. I, I go into it. the studio. No, I, I, I knew that. I know. They're great. Oh, don't impede on my line. Listen, I wasn't doing Tony the Tiger. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> that was, that was uh, Larry the Lion. Oh, my God. <laughs> His arch nemesis. Oh, yeah. You oh. buy your cereal at, at a dollar store? <laughs> Costco. Yeah. In the bag? Yeah. I have to tell you, that I, I have been trying for years to do uh, Shawshank, to do Morgan Freeman's Andy. Oh, Andy. And I think that it gets good, and then I hear Frank Caliendo or somebody, even Galvin's, and I'm like, oh, mine's terrible. But there's one thing that you can't beat me at is my Tony the Tiger. It's fantastic. You got that, and did you hear uh, your main man got his uh, phone taken? Uh, and whenever they take his phone, he said, hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, Mike Lindell. Oh, I saw phone. that. Yeah, yeah, I was warmed him. Snickering before the show started this morning because I was reading that story. <laughs> like, like if I ever said, tell me a story from the future. And the guy's like, well, there's this guy and he invented this comfortable <laughs> pillow. <laughs> then he becomes friends with he the president. used to be a drug <laughs> user. And then he uh, found Jesus. And then Jesus caused him to buy uh, wool from the Giza Strip. And now he's... Uh, He's a gazillionaire, and he's friends with the president. He wears his, his chain outside of his shirt. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, really? And how does that end up? Oh, terrible. They seized his phone. They took it out of a restaurant. From him. And all of his commercials start with, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. It's a, it's a little bit of, uh, hey, Willie. And a little bit of avocado. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, poor avocado. Uh, avocado. Uh, uh, all right. All right. Uh, avocado will not be at our 10th anniversary. No. no. Hello. We'll have that lamp. <laughs> Do we have an in memoriam uh, segment? Uh, I did honor him with the uh, Halloween yeah. costume. You did. Dude, I saw a picture of that last <laughs> night. I just came across it and I thought that was the funniest. Uh, I, I text Mike. I go, hey, don't shoot me. I'm wearing a, <laughs> yeah. a different outfit today. So yeah. I can't tell you, I absolutely hate Halloween. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, you've been very vocal about it. No, I know, but it, now that it's coming up again, mm-hmm. I was in the uh, I was in the store and I looked around at at um, the Halloween candy and I was like, all right, I like that. Spooky season, you got to love that. I don't like spooky season. I just like to dress up. Yeah, uh, you got a lot of costumes. Yeah, I don't even I, care about that. Like that's never been a, a thing to me. I like all the new horror movies that come out. I'll dress up oh, on a no. Tuesday yeah. if I want to dress up. I don't care. <laughs> Um, yeah, horror movies, I think, is what, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to shy away from it. I don't like to be scared. I don't like jump scare. I don't like blood scare. I don't like any of that stuff. Although I do enjoy a scary movie that is cerebral. Like, if there's a scary movie that um, kind of gets you. Right, like a thriller. like yeah. a sci- or, or a surprise at the end. Right, good twist. Yeah, that, yeah, like that makes well. me happy. But for the most part, if you... Uh, if you if you just show me something that's got a axe murderer or chainsaw guy, I don't want any of that. Also, little kids that's not doing anything. I'm gonna hit a little kid with a shovel. <laughs> I know possessed little kids are terrible. Exactly, no, if it's like a little yeah. kid that won't die. Yeah, uh, I mean if it doesn't die, you know yeah, I mean? sure. But stab it and then it just sits right back up real quick, and you're like, oh well, this is gonna be a long night. I don't know. I feel like I could kick a little kid <laughs> pretty far. I had a I had a movie that I saw a little clip of. That I didn't even know it was a scary movie because I guess I missed the scary parts. Mm-hmm. But it had so I got to think of what it was. I remember trying to look up to see what the story was because if it's something like like did you ever see the others? 
The others with... Uh, Is that, that Nicole Kidman? Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Like, my girlfriend at the time dragged me to see that movie. I had no idea what it was about. All I know is that that pasty-faced bitch was uh, her and some kids. And I was like, what What in the world am I going to get out of this? And I went to go see it. And there's a, a good twist in the others. At the end, I was like, well, that was good. Because, you know, same thing like uh, I See Dead People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you know the twist. And I got to tell you, that movie scared the crap out of me. Because the um, the kids seeing the stuff... The weird stuff, and then the people walking by. Like, it was a lot of jump scare from people just walking by. <laughs> Nate Pargazzi does a great bit about that. He goes, People were figuring out because married people didn't. They just thought they just were a regular married couple that never talked. <laughs> right, right. Because he's sitting there he's eating lunch. He's sitting there. Nobody's saying anything. Oh, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, I, I don't know. The same thing with that movie with uh, where it turned out the guy, the girl was a guy. What was that movie? Oh, The Crying Game. The Crying Game. Yeah, I didn't like that, though. I did like The Crying Game because I didn't know. Yeah. And you want to preserve that secret so that the next people can enjoy the movie. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I like that. I think got away with I got hit with a lot of that at like around the same around eight or nine that's when I discovered RuPaul and my mom had to tell me that oh, RuPaul boy. was not a lady yeah, and then I watched the crying game shortly after that and I just a lot of confusion yeah that's true it is a little bit confusing yeah I was too young I think for that stuff <sighs> all right ladies and gentlemen it's straight up 730 and I'm sorry to that guy who always thinks that I'd uh, delay news but we are uh, doing that right now so that we can make a special announcement and like I told you before um, there are certain people who have gone to social media and saw that they figured it out. It was kind of hard for us to keep this a secret as long as we have. Uh, we announced two parts of this. First was a couple of weeks ago when Derek Brooks came on the show and announced that the USF Bulls will now be heard on 102.5 The Bone. And that is a big deal because where were they before? Do we know? I don't. I don't either. And I'm not insulting any other radio station or whatever. It's just a matter of I don't know where it was available. I'd imagine maybe a sports station the fact that this signal is so strong, and I and I'm not, you know, people ask me sometimes, uh, you know, you say it's so strong, but I'm up here in uh, Hernando County. We're not supposed to be in Hernando County. We're not supposed to be as far as we are in Sarasota. We're not supposed to be in Fort Myers. We're beating radio shows in Fort Myers. We're not even supposed to be there. the The fact is that this not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> our tower that we have, which is where our radio signal bounces off of, is uh, one of the largest, tallest structures in the world. That is, I want to say it's like seventh. And the fact that Florida is such a flat state, it allows our tra- our signal to travel very far. And as a result of that, I mean, there were times where I'd come to work and I'd be listening to AM and I'd get radio stations clear from Georgia on the radio with no problem. Uh, and that's just because of, of the way the signal bounces, whether it's on the clouds or whatever it is. But because Florida is so flat, the signal bounces very far. Now, you'll notice when you travel out uh, towards Disney, it'll drop off at a certain point because there's another 1025 out there that we can't bleed over. And uh, in certain areas, it goes very far and certainly south down the Naples or so. So uh, we put the bulls on this radio station on Saturdays for the next couple of months so that the people who enjoy listening to college football on the radio can do that. And we are fortunate enough to have one of the most successful franchises in the history of of sports here in the Tampa Bay area, and that is our Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, we have been fans of the Lightning for years. We are, I've been a season ticket holder. We have, uh, I've been, I would say the Lightning were the first sport that I really was fully covering when I first started in, in radio. 
Uh, and we've all gotten involved in like social captains, yeah. Yeah. going to the games, doing all the different. And stuff. I don't just mean us. I mean, uh, you know, Drew. Drew would go and broadcast from games, which to me is the ultimate. Ugh, I hate being out of my comfort zone. I hate being around other people. I hate it. But every time they had the opportunity to be on site, Drew and John would go out there and broadcast from there. Mike Olivero used to do the music for the lighting that you'd hear in between in all the games when they first started. We had a long relationship with uh, the lightning from players back in the Roman Hammerlick days. Guys you still hear on this show that I'm still friends with, like Enrico Ciccone, uh, Chris Gratton, and those sort of guys, that whole era that we came in with. And to be there when this franchise uh, started and to watch the success that it has now has been great. And there's nobody greater that should be appreciating that more than the guy who is responsible for bringing it here, and that is Phil Esposito. So joining us in the studio is Phil Esposito, and a guy I've never met before but long admired is Dave oh, Mishkin. Yeah. And they're here to help us announce that 102.5 The Bone is now your home for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nice. You'll be able to hear all of the Tampa Bay Lightning games here in FM, broadcast throughout the state, certainly uh, wherever you can hear this radio station. And we couldn't be more proud and excited to be associated with the Tampa Bay Lightning and to be able to bring these games to you. Uh, I will tell you, there was some people who online they were like, "Oh, talk radio, sports radio." There are no successful sports radio stations. There's one sports radio station in town, and uh, it's an AM station. And to be able to have this, uh, this the lightning on this station is is great for everybody. Look at look at these guys in the studio with us right now. This is Dave Mishkin and uh, a legend in hockey. This is Mister uh, Phil Esposito. How are you, sir? Grab those microphones, pull them right up to you. Yep. He's a little slow in the uptake. Hey, listen, <laughs> he deserves it. Take your time. Uh, it, first of all, thank you guys for mm-hmm. getting up early and coming in here today. I know this is not normally the hours of your operation. Wrong. Um, uh, no, you get up early? Yeah. Oh, you do? <laughs> I got uh, you hockey guys in golf. That whole, I mean, it's it's a let it go for a little while. You got an off season, right? Get some downtime in there. Oh, I need something competitive. Yeah, I, I get it. I do. <laughs> uh, it is great to have you both here. Uh, Dave, I've been a longtime fan of yours. We've had you on the show before, but we've never met. So pleasure to meet you. Likewise. Uh, is this, is Dave Mishkin... With you being around as long as you have in the hockey world, is he the most exciting guy you've ever heard do well, a broadcast? The very first game that we did, I've told David this, when the first goal that, that he announced for the Lightning, I'm telling you, he's scared to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Had you not heard before? Did you not have any idea what he was like? Well, I I, I heard him on the radio yeah. and, and stuff, but... Being actually there. Yeah, and sitting next to it. Headsets are up a little bit more than... uh, And, yeah, and I told him one time, I said, we should get an alarm clock, (laughs) put it out there, and it's... Just him screaming? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it has become become legendary. I remember at some point, I want to say it was the Penguins brought in Scotty Farrell to do, was I don't know, play-by-play, and I thought that that was pretty unorthodox because usually you had a very uh, conservative calling of the games. And, uh, and and then I brought him and he had that whole raspy thing. And I don't know how, if that was successful or not, but at the time I thought it was a good idea. And the first time that I heard you on the radio, I was so, I was like, this is what you, I wanted you to do. I wanted you to do my wedding. I wanted you to do everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, nothing adds more excitement to the game. And uh, how is it received by the, like, were you mocked in the beginning, or does everybody love it? 
Well, I guess we'd have to ask. Well, I, like, <laughs> I mean, you, you never please everybody, Mike, but I've been fairly consistent from the first time I put on headsets when I was doing college radio, which right. was many, many moons ago. What did you do in college? You did college sports? I did I did the whole, the full money. Where, mean, where, where did you start? I went to I went to Yale. So, I mean, they had a college yeah, radio he's station. He's a nerd on top of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay. That's why I'm on radio, man. Yeah. <laughs> what did you go to? What did you go to Yale for? Like, what did you want to do? A degree. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you didn't go no, to what Yale I, for broadcasting, right? They don't have broadcasting right, that's what majors. I'm saying. What, did, what was your? And what was your? What did you want to I'm, do in the beginning? Well, I mean, I think if you get a chance to go to an Ivy League school, yeah, you, you take go. It. Yeah, I, I, mean, I had to figure out what I wanted to major in. I didn't know going in. I ended up majoring in American Studies, which is basically a lot of reading and writing, which actually has served me well. Because I do a lot of writing, and I've right. done a lot of writing in my professional career for game programs. Right now, I write for the Lightning's website. Let me ask you a side question. What do your yeah. parents do? Neither was in sports or No, or no, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to Yale, you're probably were a huge disappointment to them when you said to them, <laughs> I'm going to go to Yale, but I am also going to well, I think they looked at me cross-eyed and said, well, let's see if you can figure this out. And I got a job right out of school in, yeah. in the low minors, so at least I was earning a paycheck. But to answer your question, I mean, I think the two things that I've tried to do from the beginning, number one was I tried to paint a picture yeah. as well as I possibly could on radio. And, and there are different philosophies about this. Not everyone is quite on the puck as much as I am. That was a choice I made, and even today, any of you – or to tune in to Phil and to me, like, I'm going to call a D-to-D pass yeah. in the defensive zone. That may not really result in anything other than one, one teammate is passing to another, right. but I feel that it's important. If you can't see, try and describe what's happening. And the other thing is that I liked announcers that got excited yeah. when I was growing up. For who, the team who announcers. I grew up in the Boston area, so I listened to Johnny Most, who was definitely very enthusiastic for the Celtics, and right. I liked the Bruins announcers. Both on TV and radio. Freddie um, Cusick? Yeah, he did it. And, mm-hmm. and John Pearson. Whispering Johnny Pearson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he so didn't me, talk me, too much. Let me ask you this. You're, but you're, that was that was what yeah. I wanted to do. And so to answer your question, everywhere I've gone for the team that I've represented, I've been well received. You've been that guy. Yeah. And you uh, are growing up in the Boston area. And what about the day that they tell you, oh, by the way, you're going to be working with Phil Esposito. How great is that? Well, I didn't know when I was growing up in the Boston area. No, I know. But you mean when that happened? When that happened, you were like, you know. Well, this is what I say about Phil, because he has that story about me. You never know what, what to expect when you're going to meet a Hall of Famer. Right. And, I mean, this guy's one of the greatest goal scorers in the history of the game. Now, I had been doing hockey in the minors for 11 years. Yeah. So it's not like I just dropped into the booth straight out of college. <laughs> but you meet Phil, and he's not Phil Esposito Hall of Famer. He's not coming off as one of the greatest goal scorers in yeah. the game, which he is, and yeah. he could, he's Phil. That, and I, he's the same guy off the air on. as on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will tell you, it's, it's to me, like, the first time, because I grew up in New York, and the first time I saw you in person, there's that, the first time I saw Don Mattingly, because I'm a big Yankee fan, yeah. when I saw him, he, I swear to you, I see this in my brain, he had a, an angelic glow around them as he walked in the room I, for real i remember my first memory as he walked towards me i got butterflies and i was like oh my god so when i saw you like when you when you meet a guy that you consider a legend and you meet him and then when you do realize that they're also nice guys you know what great, mike i yeah. felt that way about gordy howe and then my first game against him he gave me six stitches <laughs> <laughs> you know that's one of the things i asked uh vinnie lecavier when he first started i said when you're a kid 
like I, I'm a kid and I like Don Mattingly. Okay, but I never had the opportunity to get on a field and play against him or pitch against him. You're you're 18 years old. You grew up watching Wayne Gretzky, and now he's coming down the ice at you. I mean, what what a feeling that must be. I I don't know that I could keep it together, even if I'm an excellent player, to have to deal no, with that. There are two things. Number one, this guy here, I worked with a lot of guys after I retired from playing in '81, and uh, he follows the puck better than anyone I've ever seen or been around as far as broadcasting yeah. is concerned. He really does. And sometimes, you know, you you sit there and the game is not as exciting as you think, and I've been doing it for so many years. Yeah. I sort of get a little, okay, yeah. and then all of a sudden he'll say something that just perks me right up and gets me back in the game. And number two, I wore number seven in hockey because of Mickey Mantle. Oh, no kidding. I, he was my man. man. And, and, and did you have a chance to ever meet him and I become friends? You did. Yeah. did. It was rather disappointing. I was going to say the the stories are not great. Joint documentals uh, in, in New York. York yeah. Uh, and uh, but he wasn't a bad guy. Just but not as exciting. As I worked hope. at the Sands in Atlantic City for, and Mickey was at the Claridge, and Willie Mays was at the Bally's. Right. And Davy Schultz. Remember David Schultz yeah. played for Philadelphia. He was at the Golden Nugget, and we'd go down on the weekends in the summertime and golf tournaments and stuff like that. And we weren't allowed to gamble, so that was very, very beneficial uh, for me. Yeah, and um, so that's when I met the, all these guys and had a few beers with yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember Yogi Berra, Mickey, and Billy Martin were out in the tables, and Yogi says, "Let's get out of here." There's going to be a fight. Oh, right. As we're walking out, turn around, and there was a fight. No kidding. Billy and Mickey were into it with somebody. Guy, I remember those days of Billy just want to fight with everybody. Reggie, Billy. Oh, it doesn't Reg- matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. I miss the old days sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, if you're just joining us, Phil Esposito, Dave Mishkin in the studio with us. They are uh, the voices of your Tampa Bay Lighting, which will now be heard here on 102.5 The Bone. Uh, I grew up in this market. I worked for all the companies and most of the radio stations. I've been here, thankfully, a long time. Um, so I'm not disparaging any other radio stations. But how great is it to have hockey be broadcast on an FM station, and not only just an FM station, but literally one of the strongest signals in the country? I mean, this is going to reach every Lightning fan who couldn't get it before. And I, I from my, I, we're excited to be associated because we're fans. But uh, I know as a broadcaster, I know I worked um, on a radio station that was an AM sports station that didn't get out of the parking lot. And that's very frustrating to know if you're delivering a good product and nobody can get it. So this has got to be good for you guys as well. Well, I am no longer in the business of having to find radio stations, Uh which when I was in the minor leagues, that came with the job description because the broadcasters do more than just broadcast. But I know how hard it is on the team side to find a partner, first of all, that's excited to work with you yes which you guys are which is awesome and also finding a station that has the signal yeah because you may find a really happy willing partner but like you said if the signal is weak then you have to do extra work you have to find affiliates you need to you need to fill in the the picture you need to to add more pieces to the puzzle sure right and this is like a grand slam home run i mean we're 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 teaming up with with a terrific partner that has an awesome signal. 
I think you'll know. I know my listeners know I've been here long enough. And Phil, you probably are the exact same way. I don't have to kiss anybody's ass anymore. I've done enough now. You got that right. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. so when I say this to you guys, uh, uh, I'm it's genuine. We are so excited because we are all fans. And I mean, I have a, I have a tattoo. I have a lightning tattoo. I grew up, uh, you know, a Yankee fan for all these years. And didn't get a Yankee tattoo till after my lightning tattoo. You know what I mean? Like this was, and and we gave out a lot of yeah, uh, we, lightning tattoos. tattoos as well. sure. We had a line all the way down the hallway. People getting lightning tattoos. It was great. And and I have cool. to tell you that this is because now uh, you brought this team here. Now I, I remember this because I moved here in 1989 after high school, and I lived in Newport Ritchie, and I don't know what. There was there was some hub for the lightning in Newport Ritchie. There was a bowling alley there. Yep. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was really the only thing over there on Ridge Road. And they were very much uh, in support of you bringing a hockey team here. Went bowling there many times. Yeah. And, and uh, there's not much else to do in no. 1989, 90 in, in uh, Newport Ritchie. And... and I remember that you were working on it and trying, and there was, you know, trying to bring it here. And I thought to myself, uh, here we have, you know, this huge state. Like, I, the, the stories of people, well, it's Florida, it's so hot. I don't know. Did you think we didn't know how to make ice here? Like, we couldn't figure My, it out. The best was when we got the franchise. Yeah. And I, was, I went up north to do the interviews in Canada and even up in the Boston area and New York area. And people say, how the hell do you play hockey in Florida? And I look at them and I say, we don't play outside. (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was really, it was really. But the fact that uh, you you should be even extra proud. Like, I, I feel when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup the first time, I was very happy for you. I felt like this was, this was, you saw this years before anybody else. And you put your reputation on the line for this. I put everything, everything, and and I mean, uh, everything. I'm I'm sure. And then for it to pay off like it did, and then to not some years later have one of the most successful franchises winning back to back cups and all these things, I go, this is what this guy saw. And to be able to have it actually happen and play out is probably more than you expected. Jeff Finnick took it to the level where I wanted it to go. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, with the Japanese, I. The deal was to stick with it for 10 years. Right. And they just, after seven years, they said, no, we want out. Okay, what are you going to do? You got to go. You sell everything and you go. And then we've had, I thought that the regime from Detroit with Ronnie Campbell running it here was good. In fact, we won a Stanley Cup with them. But nothing, nobody can compare what Vinick has done not only for the team and no, the area, for the community, yeah, for the community, and it, and it just all the guys that are working there, from when I remember with Todd Lewicki, and then when Stevie Griggs came, and then Mark, Mark Pitt. I mean, they're all in tuned. Yeah, the one thing I do absolutely appreciate from the hockey side is Jeff doesn't get involved in the hockey so much as an owner as an owner yeah. you know he isn't jerry jones and want to be a general manager uh-huh. or Oren coolest when they were here he wanted to be the general manager sure. you just can't do that you hire hockey people if they can't do the job you fire them that's what, just the name of the game how rough are the Oren coolest years for you well Oren was a good guy yeah 
It was the other guy, Len Berry, who I played hockey against. Uh-huh. He just didn't have two nickels to rub together, and he screwed a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but that was Orin, a rough time as a fan, too. <laughs> Oren got himself too involved, yeah. and then he wanted his son to be in training camp. And, and his son just, he didn't have it. Yeah. I mean, you could see it. The guys laid off him, or else they, they could have hurt him bad. Sure. Well, to have uh, Mr. Vinnick here um, has really has really done a lot for the community. I mean, I've been here a long time, and I've seen this area grow. I've seen downtown grow, and it's yeah, it's it's great to see what uh, is there, but what's still coming. You know what I mean? It's so funny is that I go to a game, and I go, "What? Where did that building come from?" Like, I, I it, like we're growing buildings now. It's unbelievable. But uh, you know, success brings more successful things here, so that just works out that way. Uh, this is Phil Esposito and Dave Mishkin. They are here. We announced this morning. That the uh, 102.5 The Bone is your new home for the Tampa Bay Lightning, a partnership uh, agreement that we've gotten into with the Lightning that we're very excited about here as uh, as Lightning fans. Um, can I ask you about, I, I've never had the opportunity to interview John Cooper, and I would love to. I did meet him, super nice guy, but I am uh, baffled by the fact that this is a guy who has not played hockey and has had so much success in the hockey world. Like I don't even know how you get from where he got to to where he is now. Well, he is played. He just didn't play in a professional race. Right, right. Uh, and he did play, and he understands the game. Uh, the only uh, I always bug him about this. It says the only thing is, man, you're a lawyer. <laughs> you, you got a guy who is a lawyer who went the complete opposite route, and that you have to, you know, and then he comes in, and not only is he a great coach, but the players love him. The uh, you know, and and he's one of the most successful coaches in you know the last ten years of hockey, and uh, and this is a guy who doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. I mean, like a lot of times, I would think players have a hard time relating to a guy who's never really put on the skates in a professional manner. I don't and think so. You don't think so? I don't think so because I like when my boss tells me something to do. I go, <laughs> "You've never done this. How <laughs> yeah. Tell me what to do." Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, and, and different. But when when it comes to this and and I, uh, hockey specifically, it's my opinion that it's now the game is so much different. Yeah, than when there were six teams, like when I broke in in right. nineteen sixty three with six teams, um, you were allowed to even, you know, you if you said something to a coach and. Call him a name or something. You were fine. Oh yeah, bingo. You were gone, and there were so many guys ready to take your job. You just shut your mouth You're and right. did it. And people and I've told David this. Uh, I mean, I worked in the summertime until I was almost thirty years old just to make ends meet because yeah. I had kids. And people and I tell them that. Hell, when I scored seventy six goals, I think I made eighteen grand. What did you do? For a job, when you weren't I worked in the steel plant. I drove traxxivators, bulldozers, eucalyptus. Oh, you really PRs. worked? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I hear stories sometimes about Buccaneer players who worked, who would get a job at a bank or something in the off season because they weren't making enough money in the early, early years, and they would just be the a face of a player that would associate. But you actually went on and did a real. Yes, yeah, so my real brother job. went to college, uh-huh. so he worked in the office. And uh, I worked out the dirt. <laughs> right, I got. <laughs> Let me say this, Mike, because not just John Cooper. I've had the privilege of working with another coach who didn't play at the NHL level or even pro hockey, and that was Bob Hartley. Uh-huh. 
and they're different coaches, but yeah. they've both won Stanley Cups as as a head coach in the NHL. And the thing to think about is this. By the time that they got to the NHL as a coach, they had way more coaching experience at the age that they were at yeah. than a player that wanted to become a coach and retired. So, like, you know, John Cooper, he – I'm trying to remember how old he was when he got the lightning job. He was probably in his early 40s at that uh, point. Has he been here eight years, David? Nine? Well, he got the job in 2013, so he would have been in his he would have been in his early to mid 40s. Okay, he had so much coaching experience because he started coaching right when the guys that you're talking about were still playing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and it doesn't work for everyone. Like Phil was saying about what the players want from the head coach. The head coach has to provide that for them. Sure. John Cooper provides what the players need to have success. So he has gained their respect in addition to the fact now that he has the pedigree. Yeah. But let's say his first year when he came in, first year NHL head coach, you're going to earn your your respect based on how you are interacting with the players on a day-to-day basis. And I think that he had a lot of experience with that. The assistant coaches are very important. Yeah, because they're mostly more hands-on with the players. You hear a different perspective from the assistant coaches. You've got to have a good guy, bad guy sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. Well, and I don't think, based on experience that we've had here, uh, John Tortorella is a successful head coach, but did not have the best relationship with the players. He's and, another one too. I mean, he never played in the NHL. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, he, he really didn't have a good relationship with Vinny yeah. so much. He did with Marty, and uh, you think he was too hard on Vinny? Personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do too. I, uh, you know, he, he, you know, you got to understand sometimes that these these. Men or kids, you know. <laughs> Vinny was eighteen years old. Yeah. I remember and the weight we of the world. Him. And that lunatic <laughs> that we had as an owner. Of <laughs> you didn't mention him when you were talking about the owners. He may have been the world's worst, okay? Yeah. He said to me, he's, he's so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I said, he's not even 18 yet yeah. because his birthday was... A sec- right. I said, he's going to be 210, 208 pounds, and he'll be 6'4". Yeah. And three years later, that's what he was. So but boy, <laughs> seventeen and three quarters. This guy's putting him out there, parading him, and putting the weight of the world on his shoulders, calling him I the next Wayne Gretzky. If we didn't and... put him out there, Mike. Yeah. He could have gone back into the draft. Oh yeah, we had to sign him. Yeah. Now, you can't send him anywhere. You can send him back to junior, but there was no way paying him that much money that we were going to send, send him, him back to junior. Yeah. We weren't going anywhere anyway, so. Uh, was it bad to make him learn the defeatist attitude? Right now, a lot of people yeah. thought that. So did I. But what was I going to do? Yeah. He had to be here. He was our pick. It's like Hammerlick. Terry Crisp almost almost ruined Hammerlick yeah. because he was European, didn't understand English. I can't tell you the arguments I had with that. <laughs> I also, I knew Hammerlick pretty good back in those days. He understood a lot more English than he <laughs> His father did, too. Yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is great having you guys here. Can I put you on the spot a little? Can you give me the top three players in the history of the franchise? Wow. Well, well, two of them are having their jerseys in the Raptors. I, but, I, Raptors I know, but can Marty I tell you, though, I, I love Marty and what he did for this thing, but I, I, I would have won Vinny over Marty. And, that, and I don't know, maybe that's personal 
because of the relationship with the, with Vinny, but I, I felt well, like his name is up girl. there too. I know, but <laughs> Marty was like, uh, I feel like they they rushed him in there, and Vinny, I felt like was the one was the key to this to this whole thing. Oh, the angels calling you? Sorry, <laughs> oh, it's a you? reminder. Uh, <laughs> um, Our time Goodbye. is up. No. Ding. <laughs> uh, we have three minutes. Okay, yeah. All right. So, go ahead. In your opinion, the top well, the top three. I, I agree with Vinny and Marty. And Marty. I know. It's, but I gotta go hard with you know now. There's Stamkos. There's Victor. Yeah. I think... Vassy. Vasilevsky, to me, is maybe the great... I saw him as a 17, 18-year-old in Russia. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I came back and I went... I said to Stevie Eiserman, I saw this kid play in the KHL. He's a big kid, but he's thin... But boy, was he good! He said, "What's his name?" And I said, "Vasilevsky." He said, "Oh, we 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 just drafted him." Oh, really? I said, "We, we got a good one." Yeah, because yeah. Vasilevsky may turn out to be one of the all-time great goaltenders. Yeah. He he is you pretty don't phenomenal. Win without goaltending. No, I mean, look at, at the key right there is it was Hobby Bullen. I mean, we had a lot of great players on this team and a lot of great uh, momentum, and it wasn't until we had the goalie. Yeah, but don't forget, Hobby Bullen missed about 20, 22 games that season, and John Graham took oh, over yeah, yeah. and played very, very well, although he was a little bit loony to him. <laughs> <laughs> I think all goalies are there, yeah. aren't they? Well, he was down on Apollo Beach in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is the key, though, is... To think not who's the guy, but also who's the next guy. Because when you, you have, you have to. Because uh, the same thing now. I mean, you know, when anytime you got a guy like Vasilevsky, you got to wonder, well, he's so great. Is he going to cripple the franchise if he goes down? We got to make sure you got a good backup guy. Well, and, and that's right. And But you can't afford with the caps situation. Too great. I mean, yeah. McDonough. McDonough was a trooper for us. Yeah. McDonough was done when he came here. I thought he, I was like that was one of those where you're like, ah, he's old. No, uh, yeah, he came here in a he whole came, new life. But it's time for Sergachev to take over the reins, yeah. as far as that's concerned. It is. I love. Sergeyev. And if he can't, then you can know you got a problem there. You just given him an eight year deal with a lot of money. He's got to pick it up a little bit better. Yeah, but. Dave and I have talked about this at dinner, even in the playoffs. He goes from the right side to the left side, to the right side to the left side. Not a lot of guys can do that. I can think of Dennis Potvin, Larry Robinson, Serge Savard. Uh Bobby Orr couldn't do it. Brad Park couldn't do it. So Do you you tell these kids this? Do they they hear this from you? Like, have you ever had that conversation with Sergeyev telling them what you've seen and what you do? You don't think that would go a long way with him? I don't. I don't get involved with that. Uh, and David knows this. Yeah. I, I stay. I keep my distance. I if I'm asked, I'll give my opinion. Right. But if I'm not asked, I don't. I do it on the radio. I mean, sometimes Coop will say to me or to Dave, "Boy, you guys are pretty hard on us." <laughs> and I'll say, "Well, yeah. you were lousy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to say, if I can, uh, and Carmen, are we. Ask the spot. We got to do. All right, let me let back. me give it. I got to get. We're in the middle of a contest. Let me just give out the word. What is the word? The word is bank. Bank. B A N K. Text it to seven zero one two three for your chance to win a thousand dollars. Bank. Okay, go do it. Good luck. We're back here. <laughs> uh, so, oh, I do. I do want to say this, and I didn't realize there were so many people in this room. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> hi, everybody. I, uh, I I do want to say this, and I mean this genuinely as a radio guy. Uh, I do love descriptive. 
broadcasting. I, if the whole point is to be able to close your eyes and see it, Absolutely. to think about uh, being there and what it's like, and when and you know you get a vision in your head, but when a guy tells you left to right, go in here, go in there, and you can kind of see it, that's what you want. Whether you're laying in bed listening to a game, driving somewhere listening to it, that is so important. And I remember one time for you as Anton Strollman made a mistake. He he went in front of the net for something, and your reaction to it was. You said it almost like an uncle who is disappointed in his, in his nephew. <laughs> you went, well, that's, come on, Anton, you can't do that. It just lends a, uh, a feeling to the game like you, you both love it so much and you know it better than anybody else. I don't want to hear anybody else telling me about it other uh, than when, this when combo. They were on the road last year, and I don't travel during the season and might do it in the playoffs. I would listen to the game, him. Yeah. I would sit there and listen to the game, and I would close my eyes, and I could actually see sure. by the way he's describing what was going on. Yeah. And that, to me, tells me that's how good he is. For real. I mean, that is, that's I, what, what you want. What am I doing blowing I know. so much smoke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is too early. Thing. You haven't woken up yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to him. As well, I think the one thing that I hear most consistently from fans about what they love about Phil as an analyst, because he is unconventional. You're yeah, not going to hear no. any other analyst in the in this game or maybe any game call games the way that he does. He is genuine. Yeah, he he speaks not that he's a fan, but he speaks like an extremely knowledgeable fan, which is basically what you just said. Sure. I mean, you know what it'd be, Mike? You and I sitting there watching the game and that's having it. a beer, watching the game in the stadium. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be saying, what, what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just can't help myself. No, but it show, from a fan's point of view, it shows that you that you genuinely care about the game. Like you're not just I getting paid to be hockey. there. Yeah, I'll you know who you. comes to a lot of our games is Scotty Bowman. Uh, what if you, as a fan, had a chance to sit next to Scotty Bowman and listen and to watch him. a game with yeah. him and hear what he had to say? That's what you get with Phil on the yeah. radio. But you're also saying like what a lot of announcers won't say, and what everyone at home is saying. What is he thinking? Why would he do that? Everyone at home is saying that, and then to hear you say that, someone who's no, so knowledgeable about the game, you're like, yeah, it makes you feel. Better. Yeah. Yeah, it makes like, you feel right. You're like, see, Phil knows. Yep, I got it. <laughs> well, the game has changed so so much as far as the speed is concerned, which I was totally against because I just don't believe that this game was meant to be played this quickly. If it was, yeah. the ice would be 250 feet. By 25, <laughs> um, because they took away the interference and a little clutching, little holding and stuff like hooking. And Consequently, the guys just go because there's nobody's going to tell me that Guy Lafleur or Bobby Orr or Bobby Hull or Yvonne Cornway, I can go on a list and list, couldn't skate as fast as some of these guys are skating today. Yeah. But they couldn't because they were held back. Mm -hmm. They were held with the sweater. I mean, Carl Brewer would take the, the palm of his glove and have no palm in there <laughs> so that when you stood in front of the net, he'd put his hand over your stick but the and glove hold would it. be over top, <laughs> and he'd hold on to your stick. Yeah. You don't know, you know, the referee couldn't see it. Right. I mean, there were so many, you can't do that. Now, uh, if you have a hole in the glove, you got to change the glove. Yeah. Oh, do you think so the funny. skates have improved? Like, oh, if you had uh, the skates today, back when you played, these guys, guys some would of skate these guys faster? change skates every month. Listen, we had one I, pair of skates. As a guy who has a kid who played <laughs> hockey on the 
on the teenage level. I've gone through three upgrades in skates already. It's it's amazing it's how amazing. the technology that they have and the whole just the, the whole process of buying the sticks, the light, the weight of the sticks. All uh, let me ask you this: as far as real big changes, um, f- say the eighties. Let's just start in the eighties. The attendance. How many females are in attendance at hockey games? It is unbelievable. When we first started, that was my major, major goal. In fact, I'm doing an interview in Menorre Home on September 19th. That was the game on September 19th that we put her in the net. Yeah. And I talked to her last night, and I said, sure, I'll do this thing for you. She's working for Los Angeles now. Right. And and I thought about that, how I, my brother... (laughs) Oh boy, and Terry Crisp, they were wanted to kill me. They said for putting I a said, guys. Oh, yeah, what's it? It's an ex, exhibition game. Mm-hmm. Well, we call it preseason game. And I says, and she's not bad. Right. And she played well <laughs> the first half of that or second half of that game, and she did a good job. And she's gone on to make millions of dollars from that. Yeah, playing. And I'm not going to deny that we didn't get millions of dollars of publicity. Sure. It was a brilliant move. It hadn't been a woman, uh, you know, on an NHL team. And it was hyped up that she was, you know, in the beginning, if you didn't know anything about hockey, you knew that there was a woman going to play goalie. Well, if there ever was a woman going to play in the NHL, I think it'll be a goalie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, that's the least amount of of physical activity, right? You're going to get you're going to get the shots and all that, but uh, yet. When they say men are stronger physically, yeah, uh, uh, man, <laughs> uh, no chance. Do, do you think I that see there babies can... born? No chance. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that there is a time? I always, I always say that there's got to be a. I watched the Olympic team practice up in Wesley Chapel, the ladies' Olympic mm-hmm. team, and I would always argue that there's got to be somebody on that team that's fast enough that can play and hang with a men's, and maybe not be the greatest player, uh, but as good as some of the lower-end men players in the NHL, and everybody gives me crap for what saying that. What would be the top weight of a woman oh, that, Yeah, I yeah know, that's uh, a big part of it. 60 pounds? Yeah. yeah playing so against a 220, 230 smash, pound. yeah. yeah. It's not easy. Uh, yeah. That Kendall coined Schofield uh, participated in the skills competition. Right. I think she was faster than all the than players. players yeah. She might have even won it. Or had the fastest time, or among the fastest times. Yeah. But to Phil's point, you put her in an actual game, trying to win a one-on-one battle with somebody 50 pounds heavier than her, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I know. St. Louis had to go through the same stuff. Be a tiny little guy out there. Well, he had had tree trunks for legs, though. That's true, yeah. I mean, he he made up for what he was giving up in inches with... Yeah. He had a lot of power packed into that body. For sure. I, I I was thinking from a point of view of my wife, who uh, I dragged her to Yankee games when we were dating. I uh, try hard every week to get her to love football and understand football, and she doesn't care. And it took one hockey game before she became it. a... It's un, and it's not just because we have handsome players on the team, and we do have handsome players on the team. It was better when we didn't have it was any better. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, this is a woman who will put a game on, a regular season game on a Wednesday night, and look forward to sitting in bed and watching it. It is because... I, I think it's the speed of the game. I think that there's no time to get bored. I think... Th- I mean, the screaming from the other room and... The, uh, Danielle, who works at one of our sister stations, same way. Women 
love hockey, and I don't know that uh, you probably ever got to see that in your career uh, playing, but now in, in the last 20 years, it's amazing how it's reached out to a totally different audience. Well, that's all I know is when we first started here, my whole game plan was to get, it's like owning a, a restaurant bar. Yeah. You get the women and the guys come. That's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, we, we play in a band. And we sat there, there cover band, yeah. And we were like, what songs are we playing? And we go, play the songs women like. Women come to see the band. Guys come to see the women. It's an easy, it's an easy formula. Unfortunately, it's true, and I had three daughters. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it is a pleasure having the both of you in here. I appreciate and respect what you do, and I'm so excited to be uh, associated with you guys. And not just uh, to play the games, but anything we need during the season. We check in. I know we used to love to put you on during the playoffs yep. and talk to you about that. And we had the opportunity to have you in here a couple of times. I look forward to that and know that we're here for you. And uh, we hope to continue the success that the Lightning had and bring it to a broader audience Thank you, now. Mike. Thanks, Anytime. Mike. Thank you, guys. Feeling is mutual. Yeah. <laughs> now, 